This is Anne Bland, your tantric sex and relationship coach and the host of this podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. Last time, the wonderfully sparkly Francesca Morris came back on the show, and we also had Lady Jin, the sexual confidence coach from New York. If you missed that very informative fourth episode, I invite you to go back to find out what are, for instance, some of the holistic tantric sex tools and what was my tantric sex tip for sexless lovers. Before we delve into today's topic of arousal, I'd love to celebrate you. Yes, you. You have made this podcast grow so quickly and I'm so amazed and so, so honoured. After just four weeks and four episode, episodes, we are within the 50% of all podcasts in any category in the world. There are three very special countries, according to data, that have truly embraced the tantric sex for lovers and others beyond imagination. Would you like to know which ones? Is it perhaps your country? <laughs> of course, you'd like to know. So, in this country, the tantric sex for lovers and others trended fourth in sexuality category. And it's Slovenia. Wow, thank you. <laughs> A big shout out to you guys over there. And then we trended a second, second most listened to sexuality podcast in, drum roll, drum roll, Zimbabwe. Great going, Zimbabwe. Thank you. Thank you so much. Second. That's, that's amazing. And finally, and, and perhaps this warms my heart actually the most. It's my native Finland ranking as third in the sexuality category. Iso kiitos teille sinne koto Suomeen. I wonder in which country we'll be trending next. Could it be yours? Anyway. I'd love to know what you like about this show and how I can improve it. After all, I'm here for you. Also, let me know if you have any questions. You can contact me on Instagram. My handle is selfishly happy with Anne Bland. Anne Bland, if you want to please me. Or on Telegram, we have a group with the same handle. Or you can also email me on annebland at selfishlyhappyyou.com. So, what does sexual turn on and arousal mean in differently organized bodies, i.e. penis-owned bodies and pussy-owned bodies? I'd like to illustrate this with a story. I had a client who got aroused and turned on very easily with just looking at beautifully young women or beautiful young women. Let's call him Michael. And for the record, Michael has given me a permission to discuss his story and I'm very hot on consent. So it was very difficult for Michael to concentrate on much of anything else if he got turned on. But for this great and for his great grief, his fiery turn on was not reciprocated by these women. And deep down, he really yearned for that loving and sexually deeply satisfying relationship with someone. I worked with him for three months, perhaps, teaching him about the holistic tantric sex tools, such as breathwork and circ circulating his sexual energy, but also new ways of practicing solo play and tackling the old beliefs about relationships with women. It was transformational, truly. He found a more 
self-confident way of approaching women, who now felt his energy was more balanced and even intriguing, not coming from that needy place of wanting to dive into sex. And believe you me, women can sense that far away. The best thing is that instead of nearly obsessively reaching out to porn on a daily basis, he developed a self-pleasure practice that felt more aligned to him, and it was deeply satisfying. The arousal came from his own body-mind, and he knew what to do with it. So what can we learn from this story? First of all, regardless of your gender, uh, and the ways in which you might have learned to self-pleasure and practice sex, you can always, always learn new ways. Your nervous system is so clever. And by practicing, <laughs> yes, I actually prescribe sexual practices for individuals and club couples as a, as a home play. So yeah, practicing helps you to experience better orgasms and you can become multi-orgasmic even as a penis aunt individual. More about that actually in the future episodes when we cover orgasms. And you can also have long-lasting full-body orgasms and just generally more pleasurable, joyful life. But we also can learn from this story that men and women are wired differently. And please note, by men and male, I, I do mean penis-owned bodies, and by women and female, I mean pussy on bodies. I embrace diversity and non-gendered values, but for now, please accept my apologies for using binary words. It's just easier for me at the moment. I can get tongue-tied, you know, with lots of different words. But anyway, please uh, bear that in mind. This is an inclusive podcast. So anyway, wired and organized differently, yes. So if you are interested in female sexuality and arousal, first thing you must know and accept is that women need more time to get aroused and their sexual desire to be tickled. It's not bad nor good. It's just how it is. And of course, there are always exceptions, but as a, as a general rule. So we kind of have had this social conditioning that uh, sex and turn on and orgasm looks particularly in a particular way and it's quite male model. So for instance, porn is not being very helpful there at all, as we've discussed many times on this show. Porn is such, is not kind of bad to watch. I don't mean that way, but it, it's not helpful if you truly want to understand what is female arousal and how, how women really orgasm and what happens down there. So hopefully in this episode, I will be able to to bring some more light uh, to this. But first of all, I'd like to talk about International Women's Day because um, that was this week and it advocates equality amongst genders. But this year's theme was actually equity and quite rightly so. Women amongst themselves are not equal and obviously, you know, there, there's non-equal, you know, there's no equality between women and men. But also, not even in pleasure. Every woman's and pussy owner's bodies are different down there. And obviously, the males as well. But also on the nervous system level, you know, there, there are different traumas, different experiences we all have had. And we, ha we come from different backgrounds and we've had different opportunities. 
and they all affect how we get aroused and turned on. So it's about nature, how we were born, but also nurture what we have learned. And the latter is rather hopeful and exciting because um, because we can learn new things. So let's get back to that later. So equity means that despite of different starting points, we are different and not equal in that sense. We should help and inspire people, all genders, to have the equal outcome. Let's say for the sake of this episode, arousal and pleasure. So we have equal outcome of arousal and pleasure. So you don't need to deserve the pleasure because pleasure is your birthright. That's the nature. And you are giving pleasurable lives by birth. So pleasure is not sinful, bad, ugly, shameful, etc. It's yours. And you can learn what turns you on, the nurture part, and your body also can learn how you like to be aroused. It's that inner work, feeling into your body and desires instead of perhaps outsourcing it to the partners or to the society, including porn, and, and taking role models from there. So now, please, a little warning here. I'm going to allow my my inner nerd to come out. So, according to science, and yes, tantric sex and modern science actually go well together. I hope to to prove that point in a minute. So, according to science, and regardless of your gender, when it comes to turn on and sexual arousal, you are like a car. That actually doesn't sound that nerdish. <laughs> But I love fast cars, so please bear with me. Uh, remember the car. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I will come back to that. So since the 70s, sex researchers have tried to understand turn on an orgasm. They found out that there is arousal and then a desire, an orgasm and relaxation. All pretty basic for us now, right? We know all that. They also found that pussy owners have a clitoris. And that it is the only human organ that has no other function whatsoever except creating pleasure for their owner. Yes, you heard that right. Clitoris has, according to the latest studies, over 10,000 nerve endings. In comparison to the multitasking penis, the clit equivalent glans penis, the head of the penis, has about 4,000 nerve endings. What's really interesting is that those ever so clever scientists found out that despite of that discrepancy of nerve endings and hence ability to create pleasure, penis and pussy owners have identical, I repeat, identical private parts. So genitals in all gendered bodies have exactly the same parts, but they're just differently organized. This remixing actually happens from the seventh week onwards in uterus until then all fetuses have the same body parts when it comes to genitalia. And and from the seventh week onwards, the diversity starts. There aren't two the same genitals in male or female bodies and not to mention all the other bodies. And please forget those digitally edited porn vulvas. Most of them are not real, but we have fed this idea of one model only. That's not really helpful at all. There is so much beauty in diversity and we will celebrate that on this show for now 
and in the future. So I haven't really forgotten the car analogy, but first, a little bit more scientific history, if you may. The researchers found out that not everyone's sexual turn-on was the same. Some were found to experience sexual dysfunction. For the next 50 to 60 years, sex therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, mindfulness medications, they flourished and worked for some, but not always. And in the 90s, dun-dun-da, end of the blue end of the blue pill for male erectile dysfunction. But for women who did not get aroused, the pink Viagra did not work. And this puzzled the researchers. After all, about one third of adult women had low desire for sex. So remember Michael's case in the beginning. He was ready to have sex at any given moment, but the women she encountered were not. And now the moment you've been waiting for, the car. What what the hell does this got to do with the car? Never mind the turn on, but tell about the car, Anne. I hear you shout. So why are you and me like a car? The car has pedals, right? Yeah. So the right foot pedal is the accelerator and the left foot pedal is the brake. And guess what? So have you. You have a unique turn-on accelerator and a unique turn-off brake. They're actually called in science sexual excitation system and sexual inhibition system. But since I like cars, please allow me this analogy. The accelerator is very sensitive in your body mind, for instance, if you get easily turned on by fantasizing about sex or seeing someone sexy, just like Michael, or by how someone smells, or if they want you sexually, or by the idea of having sex in different places. In the other end of spectrum, though, if your accelerator is not very sensitive, you may feel the need to be in very familiar situations and need extra stimulation, or maybe having a daily pleasure practice to rev that engine. The brake then is hit. For instance, if you are worried about your performance or being sexually shy in general or being too self-conscious, for instance, during sex, or if there are trust issues or things that just don't feel right, and many things can be a turn-off. If your break is sensitive, you need a lot of time and not being pressured, pressured to get aroused. You need to feel safe and trusting your partner, i.e. no STDs, no pregnancy, unwanted pregnancy, and, you know, wanting to have respect and love. On the other end of the spectrum, if your break is not sensitive, you might, it, you might find it very difficult to hold yourself back, like Michael. Date, not anymore. You have no body image or performance issues, and you're not shy sexually. But this actually may cause social embarrassments or even harm if you cannot redirect it. For instance, if you're in the middle of a family dinner or in a meeting and you get aroused. So you may have guessed by now that in general, penis-owned people have heavier foot on the accelerator and the light foot on the brake pedal. And in general, it's opposite for pussy-owned folks. I'll get back to this car analogy 
<laughs> I can't speak English today. I'll get back to this car analogy when I share my thoughts on how this actually correlates with tantric sex. And this is just my, my thinking, but I think it's really cool. So the good news is that it's just general. You and your partner or partners are all different. You're individuals. The other thing is that the human body mind is amazingly adaptable and can, can learn these things, as I've said before, on that nurture part of the nature-nurture axis. So you can rewire your nervous system to have more pleasure and even bliss and ecstasy. And please do not worry or suffer on your own. Contact me if you want to explore one-to-one coaching. I'm always happy to see if we are a good fit to work together. And after that commercial break, the bad news. I'm sorry there are bad news. There is one more thing in the car that will slow the vehicle down or even stop it. And what is it? The handbrake. So not only do we have a foot brake, but we also have a handbrake. Double whammy. So we kind of covered it in the spectrum already. The the example I, I talked about earlier. It's more to do with the uh the handbrake is more to do with the inner issues, such as body image and performance anxiety, which are both addressable by sex coaching, whereas the foot brake is more to do with potential threats in the environment, such as consequences of the sex, which are easily rectified by, for instance, using a condom. But lots of this car thingy is really about a context, how the scene is set, and that where the tantric sex practices and approach come to play, hence the home play. (laughs) The idea of the context, the circumstances of the present moment and your brain state is proven by research. So going back to the pink Viagra or the lady Viagra and why it doesn't work for women when when we are talking about sexual dysfunction, which I hate, by the way, uh, as a term, is that it cannot deal with the sensitive brake and non-sensitive accelerator. So for the small percentage of women who experience the lack of turn-on and sexual desire, it's not about erectile tissue that the medication would tackle, just like the the male Viagra. Women's erectile tissue is a very big, amazing network. So the female lack of turn-on is very much about the context. The research showed that 40% of the control group of women who were giving placebo reported increased turn-on and better sex life. They were actually giving a sugar pill, not not pink Viagra, which was a bit over 50% in that group. So very similar. So there's so much power actually setting the context right without needing to medicate yourself on a daily basis. And this can be really easily done once you know how. As a woman, the context is very much about who you are with and where you are, about if the situation itself is safe or risky, i.e. the foot brake and the accelerator, and how you feeling. Are you stressed or relaxed, trusting and loving in the present moment? That's the handbrake. 
and present moment. If you've been following this show now uh, for a while, you know that being present is one of the holistic tantric sex tools. There's nothing sexier than being in the present moment and the other person being fully present and allowing anything and everything to rise from moment to moment and feeling safe and accepted and wanted and desired in all of that. That freedom of, of all of it can be such a turn-on for a woman. A woman's sexual turn-on is very much about freedom and liberation. It's not so much, it's, it's not about worrying and looking after the partner's needs and putting theirs on the shelf. It's not about being anxious about whether the sex partner will call back or ghost her in the morning or how she looks or sounds. No, the female liberation in sex comes from trust, love, acceptance, and safety. And once she's liberated, oh boy, you are in for a ride. Remember, her body has a whole network of erectile tissue, and it is truly wired for pleasure by design. She is a force of nature herself. For penis-owned bodies, it's the opposite. I'm taking here, I don't mean, you know, of course, the penis-owned bodies are nature themselves as well and wired for pleasure, but differently. So I'm talking here in very general terms, just like in the women's case before. So most men and women actually are in the sort of, if you like, in the Gauss graph or the the bell curve uh, in the middle with the brakes and accelerators. So anyway, going back to this opposite idea of men and women bodies. So men already actually feel liberated and come in to turn on fully free, just like Michael did. So whereas women may need first to feel loved and accepted as they are to be, you know, uh, able to liberate themselves sexually, and the first liberated turn on helps men to access their love and heart easier. So um, let me let me just explain this a little bit further. So for instance, Michael learned to direct his very outwardly sexual energy inwards. He, by not kind of looking out, where can my penis go out there in the world? He found his love for himself and actually, by by learning to do the pleasure practices within his own inner technology, that's what Tantra is, he also found love for the womanhood. He was already a very spiritual person with a regular meditation practice. So connecting his sexual energy to the spiritual one was very natural for him in the end. He started seeing beautiful young women as a as a representation of the goddess energy, and he celebrated them. And without needing to to have them, as it were, sexually. The last time I actually heard from him, he was enjoying dating and having more socially fun time and developing his leadership style within the community. So Let's look at the tantric sex 
and the car's brakes and accelerators more in detail. You may have heard Taoistic terms of yin and yang. So yin is this flowing receptive energy, the negative magnetic pole. This is like the moon herself, mysterious, magical, controlling the oceans, watery. And yang, on the other hand, is this fiery, like the sun himself, the positive magnetic pole, direct and faster consciousness force. The thing is that like the yin and yang symbol with the black on the other side and the white on the other side, we all have both in varying degrees. Like the white dot on black and the black dot on the white. Women are not yin as such and men are not 100% yang as such. This tantric understanding is very, very important and I really would invite you to grasp it. It demonstrates to me that tantra and tantric sex are de facto inclusive. You are whole as you are. So I generalized earlier that men's sexual turn-on accelerator tend to be heavier and women's lighter. In a way, it makes perfect sense on the tantric point of view because the energy of men's sexual organs is yang, i.e. very direct, knowing exactly what they want. That's strong accelerator. And women's are yin, slower to turn on and wanting to be tantalized and teased to open fully to her erotic potential, the stronger breaks. But this is where it gets really interesting. The heart space, on the other hand, where the love and emotions, if you like, and the breasts and nipples live, are diagonally completely polar opposites. The energy of a female heart and chest is yang, very direct and very quick. Well, that's why women tend to be very direct with their emotions. And a male heart space is very much of a yin force, needing more coaxing and feeling safe before it can fully open to love. As I said before, the sexual liberation of the yin space for women comes from love, the more direct yang space. And the men's love, their yin space, comes via the yang space of sexual liberation of their genitals. So when facing each other, there is alignment and the energy can circulate from one person to another. And the magic, the most beautiful magic happens. But that's another episode. Thank you for bearing with me and congratulations if you managed to listen to the end, especially with all that, that scientific stuff. Oh, I really need to do another one, don't I, about tantric sex point of view. But I don't want to keep you too long. It's uh, it's already a very long episode. But anyway, if you know someone who would enjoy and need this episode, please share. This is, after all, about inviting more discussion about sex and sexuality and also inspiring more pleasure in the world. So the next episode's will be what well, my plan was to to talk about orgasms unless you message me that you want something else. So please tune back in then. And I will finish with these words. Sex is life. It gives us life. We create new life through sex 
and our sexual energy is our creative and our life force. Without accepting that, and without understanding the importance of good and deeply nourishing and satisfying sex life, we cannot really celebrate the life itself. This is Anne Bland, your tantric sex and relationship coach, and the host of this explicit and totally open and honest podcast called Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. See you soon. Bye.